What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is episode 36 of the podcast, and we are very thrilled you're able to join us today. They say we learn the most from our losses, and that is exactly what this show aims to do. We are interviewing an elite player who has lost one to two games in a major event, and we're going to break down the mistakes. We're going to break down how that player plans to learn from them moving forward. How often have you blamed the game on bad dice? We all do it. I do it. Brad Chester does it. The boy king, John Lennon, does it. And that is exactly what the show aims to debunk. It is the witching hour of 40K, or should we say the week before LVO, the dead time between the last events of the year and the start of Vegas. Where does that leave this show? It leaves us heading down to Miami for some hot and sexy RTT action. And this one was loaded with talent. And our guest today was playing Gene Stiller Colts into Chaos Marines. Today is a very special episode because we introduce a new member of the Unbroken team. So wait for that reveal in the intros. Now, this is part one of the episode, so in this part, we will be analyzing the game. We'll be talking about common mistakes, secondaries, target priority. Join us for part two, which is available to subscribers to theartofwar40k.com, where we will be talking about what the player plans to do to adjust their list, the strategies, all the nitty-gritty deep parts of the codex that we are saving for the bradning, or the brad hour, if you will. So make sure to join us for that section. My co-host today, hey. Look who's among the living. He's the winner of the Michigan GT. He's a nine-time Team USA member. He won a Depticon Infinity. He has three top eight LVO finishes, maybe another one this coming weekend. Arms Forces GT champion. He's a 2021 ACO champion, runner-up against Workshop New Orleans. He is the Prime Minister of Canada since he won the Studs and Snotlings GT. He is currently number two in the ITC, number one in their hearts, Mr. Brad Chester. Brad loves Brad. Hello. Brad Hello. loves Brad. You brought in. Here's the thing, you know, I, I get a little little bro broken. People find out how old I am. Things don't start to work and you immediately prop up and go, you know what? I should get myself a prettier younger guy that talks with me on this podcast. No respect, man. No respect at all. Hey. I got yeah. I brought in. I brought in some young, some young blood to uh, just. We're gonna. We're just gonna. Uh, what's it called? Like take the horse out back and shoot it. I don't know if that's what we're doing right now, but uh, old Yeller's getting put down. Oh no! But uh, could have at least waited after LVO to put me down. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna limp into LVO for the last hurrah. Now introducing the newest member of Unbroken Hosting Crew, who will be joining us at the end of each month. The Wolf Thane from Spain, Mister Jaime Paris. <laughs> perfect perfect i want to do that so bad <laughs> i want to give let me let me just spout off some of your accomplishments here man you're an international winner of events you won an event over in spain this year you won several big events in the u.s you've won a lot of rtts in the super competitive atlanta community and you bested old man brad nick nanavati charity hammer this year you finished second overall you've had a good year man you've had a really good year the Cyberwolf carried me through the entire season. The lone Cyberwolf. Yeah, the the single, the single yeah. little. Yeah, <laughs> that thing is that thing's the bane of my existence. It's every insane. time I play Wolf, it's man. Insane. But wait till we play again. 
Oh yeah, I, I want you to play me around one of LVO. Just t- take me out of my misery, so I can just please. have a fun so first fun. game. Just cruise through the rest. Uh, just have a good time. So I would love that. I'd love that. But all right, it's time to load the cannon because here comes the giant. He's the king of overall in 2021. He won best overall at Games Workshop Orlando. He won the Onslaught GT this year. He finished top three at Saltier GT and Crucible this year. And he was the Games Workshop finale best overall, Mr. Cannon Biggs. Yes. What's going on, guys? Let me do my crab claws real quick because we're going to be talking about some GSC. He's doing crab claws. You, you won't be able to see this. I don't think we're posting a video, but he's doing crab claws. He's huge. He's doing tiny crab claws, though. So it's, it's beautiful. Picture a giant crustacean. Yeah, That's exactly. It's exactly what it is. But all right. So we're talking about an RTT, man. We're talking about the event that you went to in your local area. I guess it was Miami area. Oh, whoa, whoa. We're talking about the first event they use, the new GSC rules. Let's give some props on this one. Props. Okay. I mean, it's it's also a pretty aggressive event, man. You got like Mark Parker there. You got Tim Penny. You have a couple of your other big hitters down there in Miami. I mean, it's a big event. So it's a big, small event. Yeah. Who yeah. else was there? You had some other big people there. Who else was there at that one? Like Reggie was there i think a couple other of our big hitters but i mean they don't no one pulls punches at the rtts and um, then we end up you know going to drink afterwards which is you know, as it should be but man, it's, it, it gets bloody it gets brutal real quick um so no slashes there nice well why don't you tell us a little bit about the event tell us where it was tell us how the terrain layout is all that good stuff yeah for sure so so, uh, Hey, want to play? That's the local gaming shop that we all kind of hang out and, um, shout out to Hey, want to play? Uh, that's our, that's our, their hobby store and it's a great shop. They have tons of tables, tons of terrain. And, uh, for this RTT, we were practicing essentially for LVO. So we went down the player place, uh, route. Uh, we, we love our GW terrain down there, but you know, knowing LVO was coming up. So we, we had to swap over. What did you guys use as far as with player place terrain? Did you use any of the actual uh, sets from LVO itself? Because they have the different like construction site and all that kind of crap. Uh, did you use anything specific or did you guys use just kind of what you have and then separate it out from there? So, Brad, it was a little bit of both. Uh, we have some of the FLG kits and uh, the stuff they're going to be using in LVO. But we also have a lot of our own terrain uh, that we've made and whatnot. So it, it was a mix between tables. Um you know, I stayed on that table one, so I kind of just kept picking it. Unfortunately, that kind of came up later by me in the butt. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Did you now? Y'all's terrain was fixed, right? Y'all, it was like the fixed terrain on the table, or did y'all do player placed? He literally just said that he did player placed terrain because they were pra- doing the entire tournament as practice for LVO. <laughs> he just ignored. He, he just gave you an entire paragraph. And you just blew that off. I want to tell you, I'm not going to edit that out. I was the old guy that can't remember stuff. (laughs) I need need people to realize the amount of sleep that I've had right now. I have a baby. That's my excuse, man. I'm exhausted. So my brain is fogged over your whole thing I just love it because he literally just got done explaining all of that. Then you went, so you uh, you set terrain, right? Well, (laughs) I, I said that because I thought you said that you had set terrain. So in my defense, I feel like Cannon lied to me. So, Cannon. True. True, I definitely lied to you. Yeah. But like so you definitely just got caught up in Brad's eyes. So yeah. We'll leave it on that. Well, tell me tell me a little bit about how you approached the player place terrain and how you plan to kind of approach it at LVO. Oh, uh so I, I to simplify it, generally if my opponent has better shooting than me, I'm gonna try to obscure as much stuff as I can. But if my opponent's more melee, I just put usually my stuff in the back. Cause this is kind of a shooty list, if I'm being honest. So 
give them less less room to just you know come in, touch stuff, and then hide, and then make me displace them. So generally, I like to pick a corner and just put like a, you know my biggest piece, put it there so I can just obscure as much as I can. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not unfortunately, but I've run a bunch of bikes, so it's such a big footprint that they're just kind of like, hey, we're out here, you can shoot at us. Um, but that's actually generally fine. Hit us with this list. You've got a lot of stuff, a lot of mojo. Got a lot of stuff, got a lot of models, got a lot of hours of painting. All right, cool. So GSC, I went with the custom cult here. I think the custom cults are really good, especially because all the, um, like you build your own, uh, like there's a point system, right? Each trait is assigned a point value, like plus one in combat is three out of your four points. But they gave all the really good ones only one. Only I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I I love this though. I wish they would do this in more in more books. I love the idea of like different ones being different points too. You got you know you put a three and a one, like you took four ones. You know just there's it's like so cool to be able to just not take oh I'm gonna take this one trade or whatever, and they yeah. all have point values on them. Because like let's be honest, when you make a craft world, a craft, a cult, whatever, you you know, those are so not equal. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not even close. So no. like putting a value on them was so cool for me. Yeah. And, and, and each one of them feels unique in the sense of like, Hey, I'm going to be running more of this unit, in my list. So I can just go slot in this 1.1 or this 2.1 and that'll make them exponentially better. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. I do like the regular cults just because you had access to like essentially a free psychic spell because you're taking a psyker. It's like you just get it in addition. Um, and there's some cool relics and warlord traits, but I think overall just army wide power. Uh, but that's going to waste soon because with the new rules, you won't be able to mix a couple of detachments with different traits. Like you're going to have to commit to the two or three traits that you pick for the entire list now. Yeah. Well, GSC actually like is ahead of, ahead of the curve with that. Like you can't take two cults because you'll lose crossfire. Oh. Yeah. Did not know that. Cool. Thought about it. <laughs> so we won't be seeing that at LVO anyway, unless someone gets rid of like one of their better powers, which probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. So. No. The only reason I, I could ever see dropping crosswires is like what Brad was talking about, where you do the forces and you just do like some crazy melee uh, from the GSC side and you go hard on the um, like shooting from the Tyranids. So walk us through your list, dude. Start at, start at the top. Take us all the way through it. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to be quick with this. So the whole list can't be wounded on twos. So essentially, it's it's my uh, mini transhuman. All my bikes and vehicles have a six up feel no pain. Um, all my industrial weapons, which are like most of my output weapons, ignore ballistic skill and weapon skill modifiers, which is huge. I can't believe that cost one out of the the point tree. Um, and then the one that I actually just it was a personal choice that I like the psychic rerolls. Uh, you get to reroll dice of ones or twos when you take a psychic test, which saves you like three or four CP a game sometimes. Um, so it's it's innocuous, but it's actually pretty helpful because you're trying to get like my from beyond off. It's a, uh, a, lot, a lot of points in the game. Yeah. Uh, so it's a battalion of patrol. Got a, I got a bunch of characters. They all feel necessary. The list feels super tight. Uh, but we got a Primus um, who's got the upgraded uh, planner ability, so he can pick two units that are non-core to reroll uh, wound rolls of one once per game. Say uh, non-core. What's up? Say non-core. Is that? What? Yeah, it, it can it can target non-core. Uh, That's interesting. With that, so, so is that the Ridge Runners or what's not core in your list? Ridge Runners. Ridge Runners and Pure Strains. Ah, yeah. So it, it's very worth it, especially if I'm having my go turn with with the runners, or, or I'm trying to alpha strike with some pure strains. We're rolling uh, one rolls of ones, pretty big, uh, which can also go through the nexos too, which will come up if I'm pushing bikes as well. 
Um, we got a Magus, very stock. He's just got uh, Might From Beyond, which is extra attack, and then Psychic Stimulus, which, like, I didn't realize until I played a couple games. that. So it used to be just advance and charge and fight first. Now it's advance and charge and then fall back and shoot, which is really cute. Someone, like, tags the Ridge Runners. Uh, the bikes inherently get fall back, shoot, and charge, so that's not really as much there, but um, that's pretty helpful. And then I got an Icon Ward. Um, Dude, that guy is so much better than he used to be. He's he's sneaky MVP. That guy's good. What's he do? He brings uh, bros back for oh, it's the guy that heals like D six on infantry. Yeah, he's he's nuts, dude. He, you can choose wherever he goes. He's just go. I'm sorry. I just I I I looked at that dude and he used to be just like eh, whatever. And then you start playing with him, you're like, this dude's crazy. Yeah, when you're the bias. Like an outlands like the wolf quads, the mining lasers, because they got the six up field no pain. And then, so your opponent puts all this output in there. You're just like, all right, I'm bringing two wolf quads back, two wolf quads back, like a bike here. And it's just like, what? Like, why did I even shoot? So um, that's it's pretty cool. I've never used, he's got an action ability to give you plus one to charge. That, that's never came up, but um, so that's him. And then you've got two by uh, 10 acolytes with drills, and drills are the new hotness. Um, that's my favorite weapon profile in the book. Uh, it's just insane. If you hit with it, it automatically wounds and sixes are, are two mortals in addition. Ooh. So, um, and there are the RCT ice, like straight up dice 10. Uh, I rolled like five or six, uh, sixes and then everything else hit. And I just straight up picked up a unit of with 10 man acolyte squad. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oof, that's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And then, oh, and then I returned him to the shadows. So pulled him off the board so they couldn't even counter charging kill him. It was nice. <laughs> <sighs> I'm I'm glad that this is coming out after LVO. So all this stuff, people are going to be like, your opponents are going to be listening to C thing, being like, yeah, I wish I'd known this, or that's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like literally, our first play test week when we when I was running this against everybody getting ready for LVO, like people like kept pausing, getting the book back out, and going, "There's no way that works." Like you're saying, it does. I'm like, I swear it does, man. Like <laughs> they, they've got tricks. <laughs> yeah, they hurt. Uh, one of them's got a 3d6 charge upgrade on a deep strike. Uh, I got two by five backlights with a, a single hand hand flamer at some extra points. These are my action monkeys. Uh, they'll get like engaged and stuff like that. They're pretty nice because they can also get you crossfire because they have uh, pistols, the you know flamer unit. So if you get multiple hits, you can trigger crossfire fire. Um, we got a 10 man pure strain with the pregame move because like that unit just slaps. It's the pure strains are out of control in this book. Uh, they got a major glow up, and then the fact that you can just shove one into your opponent's like backfield turn one, like you can literally, they could be backlining, and you can still touch them. Jeez, yeah, they move twenty four inches. It's like they start on your deployment zone, like your deployment zone line. Like that's yeah. where they start. Yeah, because you auto advance them six, so it's like nine inch pregame move, eight inch move, six inch advance. It's like I'm here. Where you at? It's yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Throw some twisted helix on that just to get that extra inch in case yeah. they were off board. And you don't even have to roll the advance. You just go one CP flat six advance. Like, I'm not even going to risk it. Here I am. That's wild. How, how big of a units are you taking, uh, Cannon? Uh, a, a ten, mo- mostly 10 mans, and uh, there's three five mans in the list. Um, okay. But it's just one unit of 10 pure strains. Again, I, I kind of went left field with my build. I, I have some reasons for it. Um, and obviously, in like a more melee-centric build, you definitely go 30 pure strains and like 20 or 30 men morphs. Um, that, that wasn't the intention here. Um <clears throat> I got a unit of five pure strains. They're good. Uh, it was, I guess, I had the points there, and it's a good five man. I wanted something that I could commit 
um, like the center of the board. If my, my opponent like you know has stranglehold on a five objective and they go and touch it with like a five man intercessor spot or something silly, and I can just be like, hey, I'm gonna run this up, kill you in melee, and then it's not that big of a commitment on the way back. It's a good trade. Hang out, you know. It's they they do engage, they do rod, um, but they they they, they trade really well. Yeah. So. It's still twenty five attacks. From yeah. Points. It's still <laughs> seventy points. Weapon skill two. That's wild. Weapon skill two. Yeah. Holy don't forget cow! The, don't forget the four up involved. Yeah. Four. At T four. What's the yeah. points per model on that? <laughs> Was it twelve or fourteen? Oh, good lord! That's yeah, wild. Seventy points or five. Yeah. Fourteen <laughs> for them and uh, twelve for the metamorphs. Wow. Metamorphs. Gonna mix up. That's gonna yeah, be exciting, man. Yeah, Tim's messing around with like literally like 120 just gene stealer lists. Just run like Leviathan Nids with just all gene stealers and like a Broodlord, and then like all pure strains in the GSC detachment, which I think would be hilarious. Uh, so I got the Nexus, who's like one of my favorite characters in the book. He's for 50 points. It's just the easiest 50 points to slap in the most lists because he's just like you take the relic on him every time you submit a command point on five plus, you get one back for the battle round. Um, but basically, what he does is he picks you on the battlefield every uh, command phase to just get a crossfire marker, which is just army wide plus one to hit, and then allows you to do like tricks like fight last and turn off Overwatch and turn off heroics. So that being anywhere on the battlefield, that kind of fight is is just insane. Um, you know, where I've done plays where I've advanced some bikes up, and then you know my opponent had a hive tyrant, a flyer guarding some uh, hive guard. I tagged the hive guard, but I turned off his heroics. He was he wasn't able to get in um, when I my pile didn't touch the, the hive guard. So that was that was pretty cool. You can do little stuff like that. I know Custodius is a lot of heroic. Space wolves too, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he gets the circle today, and the guy's like, "Is that the guy with armor of Ross? He doesn't heroic anymore. <laughs> it's like I've got in the middle of my of my bubble. I've got my wolf guard, my intercessors. He's there. There's no point around my armor where you can engage me and stay outside of heroic. And he goes. No heroics for you, dude. <laughs> just for one CP. This was just staying right there. I was like, God. Cannon doesn't know the rule, man. You're gonna heroically intervene on him on LVO now. Yes. Yeah. Right. The the no the rule right. the rule is or, if you call him Jamie, you get attacked. I mean, you do. I get I get a ten inch heroic if you you get a ten inch heroic on you now, man. Yeah. You're in trouble. <laughs> when you least yeah. expect it. But let's can I clarify this? Is it Jaime? How do I pronounce yeah, it? Spanish version of Jamie, yeah. That's right. Jaime. Okay, I'm I'm uncultured, so <laughs> I got it beaten into me. So that's uh good. Be the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> what else you got in there, man? All right, so I got I got the Sanctus, and I'm I'm in love with this dude, this the sniper assassin. Uh, he feels like the linchpin of the, of the list. Like he just kind of makes everything tick. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go. Let me touch on the next real quick. So he picks two units on the battlefield every turn to get the Primus's buff. Which is another reason why he's there, which is insane because you're just like that unit and then that unit are rerolling hits and re uh, wounds and rerolls of one, and my characters are just sitting my deployment zone. That's crazy. It's so good. Yeah, so. that's like a big problem, right? It's like keeping keeping a bubble together, like in an army, like that it's, just like it's, erases it's, that it's, issue. It's funny because like I actually think that's one of the things that they upgraded the most with the GSC Codex is the u the utility of every character got like just 10, 15, 20 percent better than they used to be. Uh, it's just everybody, everybody got just a little bit of something. And I, I thought it was really hard to figure out when you start making the list, man, you, you end up with so many of them in your list because they got such good utility for so low points too. Yeah. 
No, yeah, that's a really good take. It, it's I find myself because personally, when I build lists, I don't like having more than three or four characters because I like trying to throw as much good stuff in there as I can. Uh, but with this, it's like I don't know which one of these to cut because they just do so much. And like Brad said, super cheap. And it's I mean, and I'm, I find like I'm actually not even giving up assassinate either unless they're just tabling me because most of my stuff is just sitting in my backfield. Right. My characters don't need to play the game. You're flirting on the edge, man. Here you're you're going into the Brad hour. Brad's you're going to get attacked by Jaime and then Brad's going to attack you for impeding on the Brad hour because you're uh, you're right on the edge, man. You're, you're the the edge is here and you're here. You're just like staring over it. What's the Brad hour? Tell me about this Brad hour. Oh, it's you the, don't know. It's the, the second Brad, part. The Bradning. The Brad the hour. The Bradning. Part two. Part dose. Whatever you want to call it, man. Blake tries to steal as many of my catch questions that are the ones that I use every single time. And he basically blurts them out half the time, screws them up just so he can say them before I yeah. do. He's like, yeah. I get tongue tied. It's, it's a whole game. So it's a whole, it's a, it's part of the, uh, the mind game we play with each other. So I like mind games, man. I'm a GS player. That's what, that's what I do. That's what I does. Well, I tell you, you've read this list to me and I'm changing my dark horse pick. Uh, in the last episode, I actually said, Jaime was my dark horse to win LVO. Brad's my, Brad's my main pick. Jaime Space Wolf is my dark horse pick. And I'm going to also Cam- include uh, Cannon on this. You, you you should put him in as a dark horse because he hasn't even told you half the footprint of his army hasn't even yeah. said yet. About to get worse. I, I got the gist of it, man. I got the vibe, and I'm like, ooh, this vibe, I do not want to mess with that. So Yeah, I blew, up, I blew up Blake's phone, and he was probably just like, dude, stop texting me. But I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> you need to see this right now. <laughs> I, was, I was like, good Lord. I started looking at this, some of the stuff. I was like, this is wild. But oh. carry on, carry on, Cannon. Let us right. hear it. Yeah, I, I, I don't like hearing myself talk too much, so I'm going to go through this real quick. So the Sanctus, I'm in love with this character. He's in a Cypher Assassin that you cannot target with range attacks outside of 12 inches, which is, you can do so much stuff with that, right? You can just go touch an objective, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go fight you on this side of the field, or, or this half of the board, and if you want to go commit to kill a 70-point character, uh, like, be my guest. Um, and it, it does really great into the admec like matchups, like the really shooty ones where they're not going to be able to, you know, I don't care about how much indirect you have. You're not shooting this guy off an objective. Um, so he's really good. And he has two other bonuses. He has an auto hitting sniper rifle that auto triggers crossfire, which is good because it can target characters and it can target, you know, whatever you want. And just boom, here's a crossfire marker, does a mortal on a four up and I can spin a CP to uh, turn off that unit's auras and they take perils if they're a psyker. So it, 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 you still have to roll, and it's kind of like shaky because it's 3d6. But if you can be like, hey, Trajan's not giving rerolls this turn, or I'm turning off your rights of war, um, it, it comes up. It definitely comes up a lot. And then the elephant in the room, the dirt bikes in the room, I'm running 30 bikes. So straight up running 30 Florida bikes. Florida style, baby. We're going to do some laps around LVO. Yeah. These things have, have like like never cease to impress me. Like every game, I just find something new and, and stupid I can do with them. Um, you know, I've, I have had games where I literally just create a meat wall and then they just don't die. Well, for everybody that doesn't know on these guys, you get your pregame move on them too. It's just, it's nuts. Like you can take up so much space and just literally negate your, your opponent's first turn. Like, Hey, I noticed you didn't have the fly keyword. Hey, your orcs. Looks like all your vehicles are moving one inch the stern. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah, you just hey, you chew on this, and oh, you're out, you you get there through them like turn three, like cool. You've also already got like a zero on primary. I've already scored all my points. Like I don't care that they're dead. And if you don't kill them, they come back. 
<laughs> it's like if you don't wipe the unit, they come back, and the buggies are four wounds each. You bring back D three, and you just bring uh, back two buggies. It's another eight wounds. Yep. That's gross. That's yep. so hard to kill. Yeah. Invader ATVs back in the day before they yeah. fixed that. Um, I, I mean, like just real quick off the top of my head, the craziest things that they've survived. Uh, I had a unit of like eight remaining survive eight hundred points of Talos uh, between shooting and combat. Um, this weekend, Tim put like Drazar, the Fighty Archon, a Holy Court, and like two Talos into this unit, and I still had four models left, um, just from the ten man. Uh, I've had double shooting Hive Guard and then a double fighting Dimacaron go into the unit and not wipe the unit. Only specifically good against like a lot of the stuff you're seeing in the meta, like the the Crusher Stampede, the Talos, and stuff like that. You can definitely wipe them with high AP, mass damage, one stuff, um, in in one go around if you have the uh, the attacks, but just being, you can't win them on twos. They're minus one to hit and shooting in combat. And their output is kind of insane when they go to party because you're just like, plus one to hit, plus one to wound. I'm rerolling hit, hits and wound rolls one. I'm so throwing six demo charges, they're damage three. I'm throwing two mining lasers at you, they're damage plus one, D6 plus one. Um, I've got a bunch of other shots, and I'm going to charge you, and then I'm going to throw another demo charge at you in combat um, that doesn't consume the thing until we get an FAQ. So it's just like it's 184 points for for a unit, and it's just it's wild. I'm, I'm reading you in here, uh, Cannon. We're gonna we're gonna talk about your opponent's list real fast, and then we're gonna talk about this game. And we're gonna we're gonna really just hammer home this entire list in part two. Okay, I have two by three Ridge Runners. One of them can uh, pull, get pulled off the board turn one and come back uh, via strategic reserves turn one. That, that, that's it. It does. Really, they got better. They're, the Ridge Runners are really good, and a lot of people are sleeping on them. <clears throat> so the uh, round one opponent, um, want to just hop on in? Yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about his list. What was he running? Uh, so he was on a Dark Angels list, where uh, it was it was a little bit of everything. It was uh, kind of strange. He had a big brick of intercessors to do what is stubborn defiance. Um, he had a big unit of uh, the knights, the Deathwing knights. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a couple. Vehicles. I mean, I like the knights. They seem pretty good in the stuff like Talos right now with their stratagems. It's just I, I, I said really because I love the models. Oh yeah, yeah. it looks sweet. I do do love the models. Do they get a points drop or no? In uh, chapter proof, they do. I think they they said the um, the plasma boys did. I think the, the black knights two. get a five point drop per model. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Um. Well, tell us about the what missions did y'all play and what secondaries did y'all take? Uh, I think that was retrieval mission. Yeah, I think I think that was retrieval's uh, six. Yeah, so he so took that, obviously suburban. So, so that's literally worst case scenario. I like where we're starting though, though, because that's best case scenario for the Dark Angels. But yeah, yeah it's not. It wasn't bad. Uh, the, the game was over quite quickly. Um, he took stubborn defiance and he took, I think, like rod and then to the last or something, something like that. I don't remember his secondaries. I know I took. My my new favorite one of my new favorite secondaries from the GIC book is Brood Swarm, which is kind of like Engage, but it doesn't require me to commit units turn one and turn two because I still get a point for having models in my deployment zone and models in the center of the board. I'm usually gonna have more models than you, and then I can start racking up four points when I send stuff in. So I took that. the The sneaky thing of my list is I go one CP, I hide a secondary that, until it's scored, and I take to the last on two units of Red Runners and then uh, a unit of bikes of my choosing. Obviously, I write it down. Uh, but the Ridge Runners don't die because they got a six up, feel no pain. They're minus four to be charged if I'm in dense, and I can also fire and fade them. And if my opponent I, doesn't, I don't sorry. take the blast. What's up? Minus four to be charged? Yeah. 
So they have minus two innately, and then minus two from dense or difficult round. They have a oh. minus two to be charged. The bikes have minus two to be charged innately. No, the ridge runners. The, uh, oh, the ridge runners. Okay, I was going to yeah. say. Oh my god. Oh, that would be real bad. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be game over. Yeah, thirty of those coming at you. You can't charge them. Okay, but I had to ask. I had to ask. That's wild. <laughs> you don't know. No. Some people no. are like listening and about to like their pants. You know, it's like, can I curse? I am. Uh, I'm editing out every time you you curse. So, all right, thanks, Papa. <laughs> okay, so uh, I took that. I took Rod. Always, I take Rod every game, um, and then I took to the last, and I took uh, Brute Swarm, just so I didn't have to send units into his deployment zone turn one and two. Uh, but essentially, what the game happened, I explained everything that the army does to the best of my ability, and uh, I told him my gene slurs had a pregame move, and he didn't screen out his um, only troop choice, the ten man interceptor squad, interceptor squad, and the Steelers just picked them up turn one. Um, and the bikes just went in and just, I mean, it is pretty much just an alpha strike. The bikes picked up two or three of his vehicles, the talent master, um, that kind of thing. And then the Ridge runners picked up a bunch of his, uh, I think it held black for something. It, I, I love, I love the idea of this list and the, the bikes and the pure strains. It, it just, the, the ability to alpha, because people don't realize how big of an alpha it actually is for the points that you're setting out to. Cause like, even if you put, two units of bikes and the pure strains, you're just still not out that many points. You know what I mean? And you can do such damage and at least hold them in their deployment zone uh, so well. I, I just like that a lot. Yeah, and you can even double down and add salt to the ones by putting your uh, gene stealers back into deep strike after they kill something. So you're literally not really trading anything a lot of the time. I would like to point out real fast that um, you're flipping the script here on this show. I think you're talking about the game you won round one. Yeah, we're going to the... well. Yeah, He's just we, going in order, baby. We're just going to well, go for it. Okay, I'm, I'm in for it. Because I was sitting here thinking, like, I thought you played Chaos Marines round three, but I'm for okay. it, man. Let's hear it. Give us give us a brief yeah. synopsis of this game, but let's talk about the Thunder with, uh, with, the, round, with the game three. We're just going full on just talking about new GSC. We don't care about what's happening now. <laughs> I want to hear what happened. I do want to hear how you, how you played this game, because if he didn't screen you out, what happened? Um, what would happen? Things, I'm assuming. <laughs> Okay, pick one. Are we going to the chaos or are we going to the zombie of the dark angels? I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear the effect. Just give us like a the thirty second synopsis of what happened to the uh, dark angels. Yeah, the, the, I would say the answer is he wants to hear the rest of the dark angels real quick. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, basically he got alpha struck, and if it did, if I didn't do that, he went first. That kind of stuff. I just hide my stuff because everything pretty much pregame moves, and then I just pounce on him when he moves out, and then just isolate the big brick of uh, Deathwing knights and just run away from them all game. So play the, yeah. play the run game. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes sense. But let's talk about, now let's talk about the thunder here, man. Let's talk about this round three, because this is a, this is a weird, uh, weird chaos list here that, uh, Mr. Louise was playing. So man, that, guy, that guy's the best. He's, he's one of my favorite people down here. One of the, the funniest, nicest guys for sure. And he was, he was bringing the memes. He was bringing the heat. This list is kind of wacky, man. He got some iron warriors with a master of possession, a sorcerer, he took some troops. Looks like he has uh, four units of uh, ten man cultist with the mark of uh, Slanesh, three decimators, and then he has uh, a solo chaos. As bond. soon as you said the possession, I'm like, and how many decimators did he bring? <laughs> uh, he has some ob- obliterator there. The obliterators. Uh, looks like he had. Then he has a lord of skull. Two lord of skulls. What? Has, yeah, lord of skulls. The full meme list. The full man, yeah. all out. Hey man, we like our pilot down here. It's, like, it's crazy down there. You know, the funny thing is, is you said full meme on that. 
that has so much damage and morals it in it, though. <laughs> it's like you can't sleep on that. That's the kind of list where you're like, yeah, I'm totally going to get this. And you're like, I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> Things went oh, wrong. Down, picked up a thousand points. Oops. What is so what uh, what do you think when you look across this list? Like, is this is this a bad matchup for GSC? No, it's not. I don't think this is a bad matchup for my list at all because of the uh, the shooting the ridge runners and bikes can put out. Um, where I could just hide behind him, scaring and pop his uh, uh, Lord of Skulls over two turns, and then just kind of just overlap the board, just just envelop everything else. And I don't know, the, the Soul Burners will kill stuff for sure, but it's the Lord of Skulls need to go. And then I just kill his cultists, and then I just score all my points, and then I don't care what happens after that. So, what secondaries did you take here in this game? I took. Uh, this was vital intelligence, I believe. So I took uh, Brood Swarm. Uh, again, I took Rod. And I think I took Bring It Down because he gave up 6, 8, 10, 12 points and Bring It Down. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up in 12 and Bring It Down. I was pretty comfortable with being able to kill um, all of his stuff. And even if I didn't kill all his stuff, you know, I'd still probably get 8. And then the rest of the stuff, like, I'd score pretty well. Um, would you remember what I, he took? He, I don't. He took, uh, I think, no prisoners, like assassinate, and um, one other one. I think it may have been Rod with his cultist. Okay. He had strategic reserve. Um, but yeah, no. I just needed to, all I needed to do was hide my stuff, turn one, and then just just weather the storm of like whatever I can't hide, and then just shoot shoot the skulls out because they man they hurt. They really they'll they'll dunk on you and you get them down to their lowest bracket and all of a sudden they're like here's 15 attacks. Oh gosh, <laughs> how are you unable to hide stuff with player place? Did you get did you have a bad bad placement or do you feel like you um... his his you know, like in all seriousness this this army has a, a huge footprint. There's just so much stuff for one. Yeah, those yeah. bike bases are pretty big, right? I, I I like got cocky and I was like, I'm staying on table one. You know, this is where I want to be. But like realistically, I should have been like, hey, I'm gonna go to a table that has like more obscuring terrain because like there was like three ruins for each player. It wasn't like an actual LVO table, uh, but the the ruins didn't really, couldn't even hide ridge runners. Like that's how bad it was. And it wasn't really an issue games one and two because my opponents didn't really have shooting, um, so I didn't mind. But uh, I mean. Lewis, like he rolled a hundred percent on his output. Did he go first? He went first, pushed all his stuff up, double moved his uh, what is it, the Lord of Skulls, and then just went. Here's a hundred percent conversion rate on all my output. Here's a eleven inch charge into your stuff that you couldn't hide. Um, and I've also touched all the objectives with, with my cultists, and I was just like, cool. I wanted to go to the gym anyway. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at that again, is there any way you could have played it different? Um, I, I think I made one positional mistake. So I had a unit of bikes that I like knew I wasn't going to be able to hide, and I put it in the bottom like right corner and like the diagonal deployment. So I was able to pregame move and, and hide most of them behind one of his ruins. So like, even if he shot at them, he pulled half the unit or like a quarter of the unit, and I just pull them out of line of sight for the rest, and then go do my bikey stuff. Um, but I misplaced the blip and I totally forgot that I could like put another blip there. Cause I think the intention was to put a pure strain unit there and then pregame move it. But then I kind of caught up with my thought process decision. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was like, shoot, I got to put something there. And I, I didn't want to spend the two CP to move it. So I put a unit of acolytes there with the plan of spending two CP to lurk in the shadows 
So I, I he wasn't going to be able to kill all my bikes in shooting. And you cannot target the Acolyte unit for 2CP if it's not the closest unit. Um, so, like, I, I figured if it worked out, I'd be in a great position to just go into his lines and just nuke stuff with rock drills. Um, but unfortunately, he made a like 11 inch charge into my Acolytes with the Lord of Skulls that was uh, warp surged. And then it was just like backbreaking. And I was like, you know what? I have so much stuff that maybe it's not too big of an issue because the Ridge Runners and bikes should be able to pick up the Lord of Skulls. And man, he rolled like 80% five ups and he spent the CP to give the six up feel note pain to this one mm -hmm. um, Lord of Skulls, which in reality, the single Ridge Runner unit and the bike unit that was surviving should have killed them because I had. You go raking fire, you do the expose, you do crossfire, you throw the six demo charges, you amp the damage. So that Ridge Runner unit is putting out 3D3 last cannon shots, a D6 plus one, you get full hit rerolls, wounding on twos, rerolling ones uh, from the Primus' ability. Um, so if I, I mean, I rolled nine shots and I was like, all right, not make his saves. Something I want to explore. Um, in part two is I want to talk about this exact same game. I want to talk about the same layout, same opponent, same deployment, but I want to talk about if you had the exact terrain at LVO, what you would have done differently and how you could have used the terrain to your advantage on this, at the start of this game. That's something I'm really I'm also, curious to hear. I'm, I'm actually want to pop out too, because I think that like it, we want to talk about is half the reason we do this podcast on the thing is, is that you never know you start noticing those high rolls from your opponent when you've made like that mistake that trickles down because everything yeah. that like you had basically one deployment error that went into a slight other error and all of a sudden you're like behind and none of those things you would have even bothered it would have just been yeah. your your no big deal he wrote a couple fives if that was you know all of those things uh it's just one small error in deployment could can make such a huge deal for the rest of the game yeah in part two i want to ask about your secondaries on and how you approached them and then also playing such a complex list after three rounds because like those mistakes come from playing such a complex list at a tournament i think that's gonna be interesting to talk about oh, okay. yeah. those are really good questions um that's something like no one's really asked me about but like the mental fatigue from playing yeah oh yeah like, for like six to nine rounds is no joke and that's why i kind of went the shooting route um just because if you can smooth brain it more and I know the list is complex and to play it at like the highest possible level and like having to remember all your tricks, but you just kind of have to remember you don't have to play it perfectly every single battle round. You just got to do what you got to do. Like, yep. you know, yeah, it's cute to do like some, some janky tricks and stuff like that, but like, that's not what wins you the game. A lot of the time it's just good positioning, playing the mission and then just following through with what you're trying to do. Um, if I had LVO terrain, I absolutely would have been able to hide most of my stuff. And looking back, another mistake that I made, I probably should have put a unit of bikes into. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're killing the Brad thing now. <laughs> Slow <laughs> your roll, my friend. We got a part oh. due. Let's in the, I want, let me end it with We're, one question here then. Let's we we have to one. do cardio, baby. We got to get our cardio in. So, this, is the, this is the warm up, but. I got to say, what uh, if you were going to talk to someone going into LVO, this is post-LVO when we released this episode, but sure. into LVO, what would you give one piece of advice to a Gene Steeler Cult player playing your exact list? Playing my exact list. You don't have to be aggressive with the bikers. I found that the best use of them is to almost treat them like Court of the Archon a lot of the, a lot of the time, where they come out, turn 
three or four and you've dealt enough damage to where your opponent riskily can't deal with them efficiently. Um, so that's actually been helpful. It actually goes back to Jaime's question as well, like the mental fatigue. It's like, it's become less draining the more and more I'm like, I don't need to be aggressive with these things. If you're putting pot shots into them, I'm just getting free movement from resurrecting my models. Um, and then they come in and you, you can either send them in one at a time, you can swarm. Um, positioning with the bikers, I think if you can master them, I think the rest of the list kind of just falls into place because the Ridge Runners just, they, they're fast, they shoot. The other stuff, just cheap melee units, you just catapult into them. Um, and you don't need to worry about too much character position because you have the nexus. So I'd say learn to learn to use the bikes correctly. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, man. I look forward to the Bradning hour or the Bradning or part dose with Brad. It's, I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for, I don't know, Jaime, what's, what's your part going to be called? What's the Jaime hour? What is it? I don't know. Ooh. The howling? That's the call or something. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> we can go to that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, the, the howling hour with Jaime. That's good. All right, we'll we'll jump right into part two after this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check out our other podcast. We have the Art of War Vanilla with Kiwi flavored Steve Joel and the Boy King John Legend, John Lennon Legend. One of those. It's one of those two last names. I can't remember. And then we also have the very patriotic, very American Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, are the Art of War Pistachio, the flavor you didn't know you loved until you tried it, now with a little Spanish flavoring to it. Thanks for listening. Check us out for part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network, theartofwar40k.com. 